Boom, that's right. The four Bs back once again. Bullish Bitcoin banter and bullshit brought to you by Mr. All In, aka the Trillion Dollar Man, Dr. Evil 10%, aka the People's Champ, myself, so never look, aka the Excellence of Execution and Surprise, Surprise, Pod 127. Mrs. No Show, still, aka No Show. What's going on? Big week. What's it? BTS approved. We're a million dollars for Bitcoin. Everyone's retired. Everyone's got girlfriends. Oh, Rosie, right? That's what I expected. <laughs> you know, I expected to uh, have the fanfare and everything. Nothing. I, I think me being a bit more pessimistic, I was waiting. I was waiting for this kind of like... Um, I suppose initial marketing. So you gotta consider this as an opening doors to the people who are attracted to Bitcoin, because they buy off Coinbase and Binance and whoever else initially. This is opening the marketing door to the boomers, to yeah. the people who um, believe Bitcoin's too risky, but they're quite fancy um, owning some. So just think of that way. It's okay. We've we've secured secured the gate, the door, the bridge, whatever you want to call it. And now it's well. How do you get them across? Yeah, yeah. We so that's st- it, didn't stage we? two. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, it's um, and and obviously, like I did see um a tweet today. Actually, it just had a quote again from Arthur Hayes. You know, we've mentioned him a few times. The CEO of I think it's Bitfinex, and he and he just went like that. That anyone that really likes Bitcoin, you know, they're not going to buy an ETF. The the Bitcoin ETF has anything to do with Bitcoin, really. You buy the ETF with fiat, and you sell it for fiat. You know, Bitcoin is such an afterthought. It's kind of so so much in the background, and someone else is buying the Bitcoin and supposedly backing it and all that stuff. But the the people that are um, buying this thing, then they're not really Bitcoiners, and it's, it's like we always said, but. There is, there is a shit ton of money there, but I think, you know, when we even this ETF was even rumoured, you know, we pretty much said it. It's like, I, I fully expected once the the ETF was, was announced and it was all here, we would get a big, quite a big pump. I did think that would probably happen. But I think there would be a, a sudden realisation that, oh, where's all the volume? Because there isn't a load of pent-up pent- pent- demand, really. Uh, people that have pensions and financial advisors speak to any people that run those funds now, they do they are not a fan of Bitcoin. So mm. it wasn't like, oh, I only invest it in Bitcoin once the ETF is live. That was never really a barrier for them. They've got a lot of work to be done. So I think it's more, we have to just let this fiat game play out. I think more and more people will put pensions that are trapped in this, you know, to a certain age limit. Eventually people will start moving their fiat investments over that are trapped. But the majority of people that wake up and want their way away from inflation and away from fiat, they're going to take it, send it to an exchange and just buy Bitcoin and put it on a hardware wallet, right? So, yeah, it's going to take time, wasn't I it? Think, I, I, think, I think the IFA pension funds will wake up. They will start to realize that Bitcoin is a very credible asset. But I don't think it's really been on the radar for ages either. So it does just take them a bit of time to go, oh, there's an ETF, let's analyze it. Almost let it track its performance over the first couple of years. And then maybe we make an allocation. So, but I also think it's kind of like um, with the boomer, it's they're not, I suppose, doing the research and um, waiting. They're waiting for that event. 
so you know what events have we got coming up we've got the halving coming up so you've got you know that's one which typically creates a bit of noise you've got potential where we get on more companies balance sheets so not just micro strategy and then you've got nation states as well so you kind of go these are the kinds of news which we wait for to, to spark the interest in the etf i think because they're not just going to buy it because it's Bitcoin because it's died four times. You know, it's tulips times by four or whatever it is. Mm. Yeah, for me, so, I think ultimately some of them will, I thought we're going to go in because the price is where it is. So they want to get the jump on the others, hence the reason for the SEC to approve all 13 at the same time. And that's where I thought, okay, so it's a little bit of a race to get their ETF out in front of their customers because if they're going to have to buy it on the back end, they may as well buy it at this price before it pumps higher because essentially they're still buying yeah, but, the same thing. Yeah, but no one's queuing up for Bitcoin. What is it now, 35 grand? I'll be queuing up for it when it's 100 yeah well exactly but that but i thought and wrongly so the funds would be at least a lot smarter than that because the average layperson is certainly queuing up when it's 100 grand all over the news everybody's fomoing but the actual funds themselves should be like okay let's get it while it's cheap and then just simply hold it I think our kind of like um, what we've seen is we have seen a pump with the preparation and have been some whale wallets going on. So I think the um, assumptions of funds have already put their first tranche in, but they're not going to buy multiple tranches for it until we actually see the first ones be sold. So I, thought, I think they've bought their stock initially and they'll be going, okay, let's wait for people to buy this. And they're probably thinking, you know, it will take a bit to sell it. So they bought it 30 grand, 25 or whatever it is. And, you know, they'll be helping, hoping to sell it for 100 grand, make a pretty penny. And then when they realise it's starting to run out, they buy some more, you know, because they'll be looking at the page views. They'll be looking at the people who are kind of like hesitating on the button, not buying. And they'll be calculating what we think the, the addressable market is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is the thing that probably a lot of people missed really is that this year so far, Bitcoin, well, not in 2024, but over the last 12 months, Bitcoin is up 77%. So that is quite a pump during the kind of market we're in, right? It's the market isn't hugely up. It's it's slightly up, but Bitcoin is one of the best assets you could have held over the last year. So up 77%. And typically what happens is that is all people buying the rumor and then you sell the news. So unfortunately, once the the rumored thing actually happens, it's actually a negative on the on the asset, whatever the stock or investment is. If it's rumored to be an ETF, people buy that rumor and it normally goes above where that price should go. And then the news comes out that, oh, yeah, you're right. But then all that happens is people then sell. It's like, oh, well, that's the peak right now. There's no, everyone's got the same information. All the insiders that knew this is going to be approved and other people were denying it. And there's plenty of people out there that go, and this ETF is never being approved. There's no chance. And we've got our first you know, story here from, um, from Buttcoin. <laughs> which is um it's a very fun reddit to peruse they are literally the just they, they don't even at least they don't like shit coins they just hate bitcoin they pretty much 
just absolutely. I just love how these people hate it so much. They've dedicated a whole subreddit and spends part of their um, spare time slating Bitcoin and anyone associated with Bitcoin. Yeah. You know, if it if it didn't mean anything to them, they just ignore it. Exactly. These people it's... angry. Well, what's interesting though, as well, is surely over time, if you were part of this subreddit. You would see that all of the posts or uh, the FUD has been debunked. Yeah. So surely, at some point, you might think maybe I need to get on the other side of this. Man, come on, we, we've all felt it and, and seen it in person, though, right? Yeah, when someone's anti anything, right, they'll just keep moving the goalposts to make yeah. themselves right. Yeah. So apparently what's happened on Bitcoin, so this whole story, right, is just someone put a post out saying, no, the ETF isn't going to happen. And this was recently. This is in the last couple of weeks when I put this post on. Uh, three number months one, ago, I, I found the original post three oh, months. Okay. Oh, cool. He said, number one, Gensler hates crypto scammers. He's the last person who'd ever touch anything crypto. As long as he's in office, it's not going to happen. Number two, even if he leaves, the ETF has always been refused with Bitcoin because manipulated by scammers. The SEC does not allow manipulation in the stock market. So how would they get it approval? Have you seen the stock market? Have you have you analysed various stocks? You're telling me they're not manipulated? Like, come on. And Bitcoin's actually one of the hardest things to manipulate. Anyway, number three, we see Crypto Bro after another getting charged and going to jail. Let's assume the above were not true. Who would even be left by the time it would get as far as authorities even considering approving it? Almost all the butters are under investigation are actively charged for a crime. So all I can assume here is basically going, oh, the FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried somehow bundling him in as a Bitcoiner. He goes, he's not a Bitcoiner. He, he's a g- genuine casino, um, um, a criminal. He's like, mark this post, Bitcoiners. If there's an ETF in the next five years, I'll eat a sock. Oh, in the last couple I mean, of days, that post has been deleted <laughs> because yeah. he doesn't want to eat a sock. That was my first question: is when is the sock being eaten? And how can I watch said sock being eaten? He's not eating I'm bit, it. I'm a bit good, yeah. Gutted. I found I tracked down the post, it's been deleted. And I think I read read the subreddit um earlier in the week and they said that the people doing the Bitcoin said they're nice so that people so that people don't um spam the posts. So we they put out the name. Um they've put some crude paint paint over the top <laughs> but but yeah i'm just i do just find it unbelievable that people dedicate their lives just slating something it's kind of like um i think you read about the news that people buy pessimism rather than optimism yeah it's what what sells stories and it's kind of almost the same here like they've become addicted to um being negative about something rather yeah. than just either going i don't believe it will work because of abc or <laughs> Um, just ignoring it altogether. You know, are right. these people who are upset because they missed it? Are they upset, or yeah, or um, are they people who were in it and sold too early? I think we all on this pod know someone that we've told ages ago, and they're still continuing to look at the price and continuing to look at all of the activity around Bitcoin, and yet still denying. That it's it's going to happen or what has happened is positive so 
at that point, you just have to kind of think that they're never gonna never gonna make it, are they? No, but yeah, that that it literally is. It is sad. It's just a group of haters, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. They've all got for one reason or another. They've decided that Bitcoin isn't a thing, and. There's 169,000 of them. But what you've got to do is compare that to the Bitcoin community. Eh? We've got 6.1 million. Oh, really? Wow. In, in Bitcoin now. I'm pretty sure last time I looked at that number, it was more like 3 million or something. So what it actually says here, we're top 1% ranked by size. That they are Bitcoin now. Top 1% of all the subreddits. Which, the yeah, Bitcoin wasn't massive on Reddit for... Well, pretty much just for as long as I remember, really. It was always a bit of a niche community there. Obviously, it isn't the main place that people and Bitcoiners talk because there's so much censorship, so much moderation. But um, Yeah, Bitcoin's number 86 in all subreddits. And you have such ones as Oddly Satisfying, Travel, Wall Street Bet, Internet is Beautiful, Tifu, whatever that means, Life Pro Tips, number one is Funny, number two is World News. So, yeah, really interesting when it's got so high. Yeah, because a lot of them, that's just generic, you know, like why people go on the internet, right? They go on it for a bit of a break, don't they? Yeah. But then, yeah, we're probably, I'd say, in the top 50 of proper topics as opposed to just people just shit posting and wanting a bit of a laugh. Yeah, number 55 is dad jokes. Yeah, which is, you know. And Jesus, 87 is soccer, or as we would call it, football. So, oh wow, you know, Bitcoin being above football, that's interesting. Wow. But we're behind gardening, oh, <laughs> our gardening so is <laughs> we're sandwiched in between gardening and football. My other two loves, Jesus, football, <laughs> Bitcoin, say, and gardening. There, there's my there's my um, fucking Reddit feed pretty much there. If I haven't been <laughs> a million times, but sure, it isn't part of um, what we got in here, philosophy. Or um, whatever we've got. Art. R is number four. <laughs> I'm guessing that's cute animals or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. Um, so kind of moving on from there, we've got the next one, which is about the best ticker name. So this is um, VJ um, Boyapati who said that they've missed out on all kinds of um, ticker names which they should have taken up. So his suggestion was Moon, um, to how should you say that, Tulip, um, HFSP, and Rect. Um, so what would, what would be both your favourite ticker t- ticker signals if, if you could have one? Oh, just, I'll, share the, names. I'll share the screen because the ones that have been used at the moment so you got just GBT. Yeah, I was going to say on one of the other posts, I actually didn't recognise some of the some of the uh, the acronyms. Um, I'll just read them out a bit further down from there. Uh, yeah, I'm sharing my screen now. So no yeah, for the oh yeah, I think for me the best. It was on. It was on another. It's Burr from Valkyrie. Yeah. Obviously, MicroStrategy just did. We got Arc B, so Arc Bitcoin, and Grayscale Bitcoin have just done GBTC. But then the 
Um, the BlackRock one is this iBit, the iShares Bitcoin Trust. I would have liked through. to have seen, um, I think, TULP would have been my favorite. Tulip, yeah. It's one of them, though, isn't it? It's, it's almost like leaning into negativity. That's the problem. Like, Moon, um, fine, but Tulip, that's negative. Wrecked is negative. Have fun staying poor. If you buy that ETF, you're not having about having fun staying poor, are you? If you it's, it's weird to name your thing. I think mean, the, the, the best one by far is Burr. Like that, that's yeah. the one you want. There's not, it it's weird. Tweet like, underneath that one there. Oh, yeah, there you you go. Go. That's, yeah, so yeah. Sats, WGMI. We're going to make it, yeah. Yeah. Um, Why is there a Badger one? Yeah, Honey Badger. Honey Badger. Oh! Freedom, Digital Gold, Orange, Pump. Was it Hyperinflation? Fear? Yeah, <laughs> Jerome Powell. Jerome Powell, Jay Powell, I love that one. Yeah, Ooh. Money. Yeah, and Fuck the Fed. Yeah, X Fed is that. That's good. Fuck the Fed. I, yeah, but I feel like uh, you probably have got to sit stick to something sensible because, like I said, you're not targeting the people who do the memes. You're not targeting the people who are, <laughs> have fun looking at Bitcoin. You're targeting the boomers. I mean, so, ultimately, this is um, you know fund management's not uh, Paddy Power doing fund management. If it was Paddy Power, they'd be on the the jokes all day, wouldn't they? Yeah. Because oh, it's, it's the hodl. I'm sure. It's, I think I, I think there is a hodl in there as well. This this screenshot isn't all of them. Someone got hodl as well. Hoddle yeah, someone did get hodl. Um... But uh, yeah, so we, we had hodl and burr, and then everyone else just went pretty much BTC yeah. or their business name with a B in it. Which, like you said, that who are they targeting? They're targeting financial advisors. And pension funds, not the plebs on Twitter. So they're, they're not trying to be funny. They're, and in the face, I don't think the the, the ticket symbol matters really, because um, I think people barely even see that. But they just look for, you know, they'll they'll search BlackRock funds and then just see them, and they'll there'll be a Bitcoin ETF one there, and they'll just click it, and they'll barely even it see. Was the but Vanek that got hodl. Oh. Yeah. But for some reason, earlier on when I was reading, yeah, it was there, but it's not showing now. But yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, so I, I think Hoddle is probably yeah. So it's it's just it's it's the best one, but I wouldn't say it's good for an ETF just because you're not really hodling Bitcoin. Uh, but Burr is good or Fuck the Fed. I quite like Fuck the Fed. Yeah, but like I said, I think you just limited. I think X Fed people kind of go, "What the hell?" Yeah, but that's why. Yeah, and you would get asked, like you would be on calls with financial investors and hedge funds that are going to go, "We're about to allocate, you know, five hundred million to your fund." But one last question: What does X Fed mean again? <laughs> and you go, "Fuck the Fed." You go, "What?" <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll go for a different ETF then because maybe you guys, yeah, we need serious. them on the side, don't we? Really, yeah, maybe, maybe I don't want you to manage my 500 million, like maybe you're messing about with your Bitcoin cold storage or something. So, it's always the problem, isn't it? When, um, when you're on Bitcoin Twitter and you're anonymous, you can just fuck about and it's very easy to be quite loose lipped and quite funny. But if you are running a business and you want others to trust that your business is good and they're not Bitcoiners but they are the fiat world. 
unfortunately, you, you have to kind of play the game and you have to at least pretend to yeah. be professional, which is why I think most of those names are just very professional. It's boring, but we live in fiat land and yeah, people change once they once you put a suit on and put a name tag on. Anyway, um, Agreed. this is something that Giacomo, um, he's a legend in Bitcoin, um, basically shared, he reshared it from um, Nicholas Doria. But essentially, nearly all the ETFs have backed their their holdings of Bitcoin are on Coinbase. So I think this picture just illustrates it perfectly, really, because what if Coinbase get hacked, right? Imagine if trillions really did put pile into these ETFs and Coinbase have custody. Do they, do they store on Coinbase? They will Coinbase have a um, company corporate level custody product. So you basically pay them. They do not, they're not holding the money on the exchange like a normal pleb. Like they're not doing that. They're paying Coinbase potentially millions a year to have a totally um like self-guarded um like self-custody. So I'd imagine that is all ring fenced and almost as a different company. Because if it isn't, if the main exchange goes bust, right, and the liquidators come in, let's just say they did get hacked or someone at Coinbase goes fraudulent and steals a load of the money. If Coinbase goes under, it could take all the ETFs down with it because suddenly anyone that's put their money into an ETF, there's no Bitcoin that backs it now because Coinbase lost it. Yep. So is there, is there one little Lego brick at the bottom here? And, um, and, and again, it's probably another potential theory for a conspiracy to go, is this on purpose? Coinbase, we know, is pretty much co-opted by the U.S. government right now. Do they want a lot of people to put money into Coinbase? And then they just orchestrate a hack where they just move the Bitcoin out to some wallets that they control and go, I lost all your money. That'll teach you, won't it? That's why Bitcoin's dangerous. Even in an ETF, you lost your money. But Or it could just be pure negligence. You know, this it's a very risky game. You, you would have thought that each ETF would almost be, have been told you need to manage the custody of the Bitcoin at yourself in some degree. Like you can't all just use the same third party, right? It's you can't all outsource this very important part of the, the ETF, which is the custody of the Bitcoin. Don't all give it to the same company. They've all given it to Coinbase. Oof. It seems kind of insane and um, extremely risky, which obviously is another reason not to buy the ETF. <laughs> just buy True. Bitcoin and put it on your hardware wallet but the average person however will I doubt understand that or even think about that in terms of where or who the custodian is because I'm sure um, Coinbase is the custodian of I think eight then Gemini of two and then Fidelity of one as well so yeah there's not a lot of resiliency out there to be fair um at all yeah. and fidelity you know it's through the fidelity funds and then through their security arm as well so that's you know the game the gamekeeper and the poacher in terms of that so oh it's lost is it really so uh yeah we'll see 
but it, it, law of averages, something is bound to happen, and no doubt it's going to happen to the big one, and you know, 80% of the people are going to get wrecked. And then that will cause the drop in Bitcoin, even though it's, again, as always, never anything to do with Bitcoin. Well, the, the good thing will be, right, if let's just say there's loads of buy pressure that comes into this Bitcoin ETF. Let's just say this hack actually happens. Let's say, actually, let's, let's just assume everything's legit. There's no big conspiracy, right? So a load of money comes into the Bitcoin ETFs. They then buy that Bitcoin through Coinbase, who then custody it for them. But then, so the buy pressure is there, right? So the prices has gone up a lot. But then Coinbase lose that Bitcoin. So it gets hacked and has to get in. It, it goes out somewhere. But the genuine hacker moves it out. And obviously needs to sit on that Bitcoin for quite a while to let the heat die down. Because he potentially sold or stolen billions, if not maybe even a mm. trillion worth it's of like Bitcoin. That, um... That guy and his rapping wife. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They sat on it for a year. They moved like one sat and bang, they got them. It's, there's no real um, upside of stealing such large quantities of money. You always get caught trying to spend it. Well, I was going to say it's also very traceable as well, which is one of the key benefits because everyone talks about uh, illicit activities, money laundering, but it's so well, easily we'll traceable to compared that, to fear. We? Yeah, we'll come on to that with the... Uh... Our boy Gary, yeah, GG's comments. But um, but yeah, just going through that story again. So they they've stolen all the Bitcoin, right? They're going to sit on it. Bizarrely, now there's no sell pressure to happen because all the Bitcoin's gone, right? So mm. everyone can sell their Bitcoin ETF all they want. It doesn't matter because the the price just automatically goes to zero. Everyone loses their money. They can they can send the price negative if they want the main Bitcoin price isn't affected by the ETF. It's not pegged to the ETF. The ETF only affects Bitcoin when they're buying and selling Bitcoin. If they don't have any Bitcoin to sell, they can't sell. They can't <laughs> the price. This is true. So um, weirdly, if the hack happened, it could actually be really bullish for Bitcoin because yeah, that, that hacker then is sat on a trillion dollars worth of Bitcoin, say, but they can't touch it. They, they even go to move it. They, they know they're going to get pinched. So they're going to have to try and take little pieces off, like, you know, um, coin join it and try and get through and spend a little bit. But they're probably going to wait five, 10 years before even starting. So that pretty much goes great. We have a trillion dollar holder of Bitcoin here. that, And all these people that were potentially going to be going in and out of ETFs, um, like hedge funds and pension funds or whatever, or they're 100% in now and they can't sell because their ability to sell just moved <laughs> and it's out of their control. So they're forced hodlers now. Does that give um, the well the funds or effectively the Fed and the SEC more pressure to print more and therefore leading to hyperinflation to backfill the money that they will have lost because they will have put legitimate funds into Bitcoin? Just playing it out. Yeah, I doubt they would bail this one out. I, I'd imagine they would let this one get wrecked. Oof. So, so you could, do you think they'd let BlackRock get wrecked? Well, it's, it's BlackRock customers, this. isn't it? So, well, yeah. The majority, the, the, the loser in all these isn't the companies necessarily, it's the, it's the people yeah, that the put the money in. So, and, and I think it's going to be some what, hype. 
it's like what because what, what's the upside right they, they only um like bail out if the company itself is under problem so like if the overlying bank was in trouble or blackrock was in trouble but this this is like uh like if this if the blackrock etf on bitcoin went goes under it literally means nothing to them right it's probably a half a half an hour's worth of profit gets wiped out you know like, right let's just wait half an hour we've got it back yeah it's yeah, it, it's it's a gnat on top of an elephant, right? The Bitcoin ETF and BlackRock. So, I think the upside of them bailing this out is is very small, and the and the downside could be big because there'll be a lot of people angry. I think if um, a load of Bitcoin has got bailed out with you know they they do it with the banks and they do it with all that and they go oh they're too big to fail blah blah blah. But I think if a, a random ETF goes bust, especially a Bitcoin one, I think they'd love the negative PR on that. So I think there's a lot of upside there for them to sh shit on Bitcoin again, right? I think they it might even be why they're purposely centralizing a lot of the the money in, in Coinbase, right? And they might engineer a lot of funds to then just use that to hit Bitcoin over the head with to go see. Even their large exchange can't hold Bitcoin. Effectively, though, even though they are shitting on Bitcoin, we have to watch what they do, not what they say. And what they're doing is still buying it. So at some point, they have to jump on board and be kind of bullish about it because it's making them money at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it, it won't be making them much at the moment. No, not at the moment. Because um, yeah, cause our, our next story, right, is you know, what happened. And there was, there, there, there was cries of manipulation because there, there was a lot of buys happening in these ETFs. Yeah. So there's roughly like over $2 billion worth of fiat went into these ETFs, you know, largely spread around. Um, most of it went into the BlackRock ETF, of course, and Fidelity. And they were the, the, the main winners. But then who were the main? The problem was there was about $2 billion of outflows from the grayscale Bitcoin trust that had already existed, right? So GBTC uh, had or was already existent. So that was basically just like some form of options trading where you bet on the price of Bitcoin um, going up or down and you could set six, 12, three month kind of timeframes. You weren't really hodling Bitcoin. You were just betting on the price of Bitcoin. And uh, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, I think, where people were doing your arbitrage trading where grayscale price of bitcoin would be out of sync with the real price of bitcoin so you could buy and sell real bitcoin and the gbtc and an arbitrage um the difference but then that got traded out once you know the markets got efficient but essentially what seems to have happened is grayscale have lost two billion of volume and because that people don't want to do these betting on short-term price movements People, I think, would much rather just be able to buy an ETF and leave it for potentially for a decade. You can't do that in grayscale. It's not kind of a product they offer. You have to keep renewing your bet, really, over a six or 12-month period. Um, and I think the taxes are different as well. It's like a short-term investment as opposed to a long-term investment. So I think it's more um, tax efficient to just to shove your money into an ETF, especially if that's what you want to do with it, right? If you want to put your party yeah. into, into the price of Bitcoin, then you just shove it into an ETF. So it looks like that's the the volume that happened. The essentially all the buy pressure for these ETFs 
came from existing people that already were using fiat and probably their pension money to track the price of Bitcoin, but they had it in grayscale. And then the second ETF comes live, they sell that and they buy the ETF because it's just a, it's a nicer product, lower fees, longer time mm -hmm. preference. Um, but that was just the existing money. So, so almost they literally the ETF cancelled itself out. So everyone then expecting a pump, the pump didn't happen. So instead we get a bit of a dump because that's just what retail do, right? Retail just are very yeah. reactive to, to anything. So it kind of explains at least that the, the 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 two billion in volume that brought this ETF in literally in days of the ETF going live, which when I saw these kind of numbers, I'm like, that's a lot of money going into the ETF that that I didn't think was going to happen that quick. But then he suddenly went, oh, it's just grayscale volume moving over. It's not new money. It's not two billion and two billion of new money that was just pent up and couldn't wait to buy. It was just the existing money that's already tracking the price of Bitcoin anyway. So. So we have got all the ticker symbols here on a separate one. So um, it's got the HODL for VanEck, and then it's also at the bottom, DeFi. Oh, that's great. Mm. And then the other one which I noticed was... That was the one I saw. Bit B. It makes me think of BitBoy. Bit B. Yeah. That's a bad one, yeah. But DeFi is horrendous, right? Yeah. God, originally Bitcoin was decentralized finance, fine, but that got co-opted by the shitcoiners and all the Celsius and yeah, buy and all the stuff that went boom, right? It's all imploded. So to call your Bitcoin ETF DeFi is they're on last year's or the year before last year's trend, which yeah. is now no longer a trend. Yeah. And, and Bitcoin yes. has never used the term DeFi, right? That's it. No, that was exactly. a term we used to call. We used to use the word decentralized, but we never used DeFi. It was yeah. the shitcoiners that termed DeFi and went. Bitcoin is like old tech. DeFi is new but, tech. They literally yes, yeah, got paid for that. But, so, you know, in the business, they're like, oh yeah, I've got a great idea. It's <laughs> yeah. called DeFi for the ticker. Well, it's back, isn't it? That's why. But DeFi is back. Yeah, we had a couple of weeks ago, we had a story, didn't we, where it's back. Is it? Why? They, well, I can't they, even remember this a, one. They put a slight different angle on it, but it's the same old shitty scam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, you can make like 6% interest. It's like, great. With a risk, you lose my Bitcoins for pretty much what I can get off um, the returns of the bond. Yeah, as always. Right, um... Next up, we got Gary. Gary oh, fucking Gensler. G. Um, he, he, went, it was a funny one, wasn't it? Because actually, how long? That's three minutes. It's probably not a click-worthy one, is it? Nah. So through this one, he talks through gritted teeth having to follow the law, doesn't he? For quite a lot of it. So it's very, what's the correct word for it? Objective. Um, and he talks through you know, letter of the law, the court cases meant that things had changed, so they had to make sure they were fair, followed proper policy. And then he starts talking about it being high volatile, it's a speculative asset, being used for money laundering, evading sanctions, illicit activity. And I was like, going, you wouldn't talk about this, about any stock, would you? You wouldn't no. talk about, say, I don't know, Nestle. And how they um, gave um, formulated milk to um, mothers in Africa and basically weaned their children off and wanted to charge them a premium. You wouldn't talk about Nestle when they went into Brazil 
and got all the local children addicted to their um, ultra-processed food. He wouldn't talk about, I know, weapons manufacturers, would you, Gary Gensler? But talks about Bitcoin, which is very, you know, quite strange, isn't it? And it's it's opinionated. And it's actually very unprofessional considering his position as a a regulator or lawmaker. Yeah. Um, You know, and just to put it into perspective, because he talks about illicit um illicit money but if we went i don't know bitcoin versus just dollars and actually tracked it i think the percentage would be a lot lower you know you think about how many how many times has a dollar been through some kind of illicit activity it's probably every single dollar multiple times um and then to throw in it you know really big example which i love using did bitcoin cause a bank in mexico to redesign the whole foyer did it cause them to redesign the whole cash drop-off so cartels could drop big boxes of cash down into the basement so it could be sorted by this bank, which is a world-renowned bank and had one of the biggest fines ever? Would Bitcoin do that? Imagine um, HSBC doing... Oh, don't say that. I'm the same... same oh, <laughs> it can't just, be them. It's not, it's not, it's not, not related. Yeah, um, it's not them. Even though they got charged for this anyway. <laughs> Literally, there's a Netflix documentary that talks about exactly all that. <laughs> but um, yeah, but imagine HSBC just doing, putting a new product on, a new ETF for some random group of shares. And Gary comes on going, oh, it's Me, highly specific. Is this, is this HSBC who didn't do their sanctions checking in South America and got fine record amounts of that? Bitcoin calls that. Oh, it didn't. Oh, it's bizarre, isn't it? He comes on. He's obviously on. Um, what is this chart? Oh, yeah, CNBC, and it's the guy that always does the interviews, and he, and he's very good. He, he he asks very good questions, but Gary just refuses to give any form of praise to Bitcoin. He he pretty much goes well, the the only reason like there's no um, fundamental change in his opinion about Bitcoin. The only reason that he has approved the ETF is that the courts essentially have made him which is interesting that because the the yeah, ETF but... applications were largely the same as the ones that he denied so he got asked the question what was different and what was different is that the rules that they were applying to the ETF which before was based on emotion and fud and corruption and bias had to go and they had to go is this worse and is it a valid asset compared to just about every other stock that's on the on the um the stock market? And of course, the answer is yes. Of course, like he referred to it as not a security. It's like we know it's not a security, Gary. Which is why you know we've been saying that Ethereum is, but it's a commodity because well, yeah, it hasn't got anyone in charge of it. But you yeah. you said about he doesn't say anything good about Bitcoin, but I'm kind of like of opinion. Well. He doesn't I know he have shouldn't. to. I know he, he should. He just be, should be very he should objective. Be he yeah. should be talking negatively or positively about an asset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think that usually, yeah, this is something that obviously I remember when Gary Gansler first got put into the SEC. He was doing talks at MIT, and he was bullish on Bitcoin. He was positive about the whole space. So if I was him, like, I remember when he first got put in power, fucking. Pedro and what shitcoin did went there and spoke to him and they did a whole fucking podcast. I listened to it and he was like, yeah, I'm really excited. 
to get involved at the SEC. You know, this is something that I it isn't my number one priority, Bitcoin, but I'm super positive about Bitcoin. I think it could be a really good investment for for people and it's very exciting great new technology we really need to explore that and i'm really looking forward to taking a fresh look at it and see why it hasn't been approved and i i know what his objection is it's not esg compliance oh no it is kpmg wrote a whole paper on it so it can't be that well really that's why he probably didn't mention that bit <laughs> but, but over but over like the last three or four years that Gensler has been you know head of the the SEC, his position on Bitcoin completely pivoted. And he went from being quite positive to Bitcoin to go, look, because that's the thing. When I say positive, I don't mean flogging it, because you're right, he's essentially a regulator, and a regulator should just be going, is this safe for investors? Is it a scam? Yeah. And it shouldn't be. Is this a good investment? That doesn't matter, right? He is not a professional investor. Does, does it does it hit the tick list of what we set out as being able to be an EFT? Yeah. Is it is everything they've put in their application a true? ETF. Yeah, because it should just be a. This is a company. It says it does X. And it says its revenue is Y. And it says its pro, its profit and loss. And it says its employees. And it says its products. All these things it says exist. Do they? Or is one of these very fundamental things a huge lie? And the second they put we put the the stock on the stock market, that lie will become exposed, and um, the the owners of that of that company will just dump all their shares and dump on retail. They're there to protect consumers from that type of instance. So then they're not a moral arbitrator of what is a good investment or not, which is why every single rejection of the ETF has been completely. Over, over their pay grade, they're, they're basically going, it's not a good investment. People are going to get wrecked. And you go, why? Uh, what is the reason for that? And they've never really explained themselves. It's just a case of, we don't like it as an investment. You go, that's not for you to decide. You're just here to decide, is it a scam? Yeah. Is, is, is the fundamental argument in the ETF, is there anything that cannot be proven and backed up? And every single bit can be, right? The, 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 the whole history of Bitcoin, all the code is there, the number of Bitcoin is there. And fundamentally, I think the, the courts basically came in and went, you need to disagree with these ETFs and decline them on fact and give art, like literally data to back up your rejection. You can't just say, well, Aussie, bad investment, we're not approving it. It needs to be proper, like objective, not subjective. Yeah. Does, he, does he talk about GameStop? <laughs> no. Does no. he talk about Wirecard? No. Does he talk about the, the banks? Does he talk about freaking anything? Yeah, yeah, it's bizarre. Ultimate... For, for, for some guy that's meant to be neutral to talk this negatively, he's literally like so bearish on Bitcoin here, slandering it really. Though it, it literally is slander when he starts talking about it's mainly used because... for money laundering and ransomware. That is slander against Bitcoin. Like if we had a CEO, we could sue him for that. Yeah. Time to get Satoshi back out. There is um, there is no one smart enough, and equally because you're not able to, to be able to ultimately control it. So they can't think of a good enough reason as to how can we stop this or slow it down or be, you know, how can we get on the right side of this? So therefore, it's just continuing to, uh, to poo-poo it until the point where they get the masses on side 
or continue to try and get the masses onside. Because um, as that Andrew guy from Squatbox said, when he kind of went ahead, he, he kind of went ahead with the approval begrudgingly. Yeah. And you could see it was like through gritted teeth of, go on then, like you finally twisted my arm and worn me down. Yeah. It's it's a very, very bizarre, and if anything, like, if you want to see the the bias, just that little three-minute click um, clip from, from yeah. Gary there just shows you that someone that should just be completely neutral is literally just the, the check and balance of things before they go to the public, which, by the way, I disagree with completely anyway. I don't think there should be a check and balance. I like, well, show everything yeah, there. But, don't yeah, but if you have the check and balance, but, but it, was ca- it was catching things like, say, WorldCoin, Sorry, one one coin or something like that. You kind of go okay, wouldn't you? But yeah. when it's kind of going, I don't like this. It shouldn't be an ETF, like you said. No facts, no nothing. When being forced by the courts to do it, it kind of invalidates his job. You know, he's not protecting anyone. And I think people, there is an element when you've got um, such a complex financial system, there needs to be an element of protection to so stop the scam companies, stop the scam investments. But when he's trying to tell you what you should buy because of what he likes, it's just got a bit ridiculous, hasn't it? Yeah. And in reality, that's like, are you protecting it? Is it the courts? Or was it that BlackRock put an ETF in this time? And BlackRock own you. So, you know, I think essentially what happened here, and as we know, like the regulators are basically just, they're like the little attack drones of, of the government and they just apply the rules as and when suits the government. So for whatever reason at the moment, and boy, as we've discussed before, an ETF for, for Bitcoin now is something that the powers that be have gone, we think this is a good thing now. Do I BlackRock have got involved? And the second they've got involved, oh, what a surprise, the SAC bend over. And I remember when this first came out like a year ago or something, we are going, are they really gonna just let the BlackRock ETF through? Are they going to be that obviously corrupt that everyone else that applied with the same ETF for the same asset, they're going to deny them and only let BlackRock through? But they didn't. They, they let everyone through. But for them to have to explain, like, why did you reject all these same companies multiple times before the BlackRock get through first time? It's like, are we really to expect that the, co- the coincidence is just Oh, Bitcoin's ready now for an ETF. Like, is it, or is it that BlackRock told you it's ready for an ETF? So you just went, yeah. oh, okay, sir. We've been saying no because you've been telling us to say no and coming up with bullshit answers. Now the powers that be came down and knocked on Gary's door and went, it's a yes now, let them through, son. And he has to go on TV and pretend he made a decision. Come on, Gary, we, we know you're a puppet. We know you didn't make a single decision. Someone from freaking BlackRock came and told you. Time for ETF approval, mate. I bet even I bet Larry didn't even go directly to him. Larry just sent one, one of his T boys. Send his T boy. Yeah. Fucking sort out that cunt. <laughs> text him. Nah, it was yeah. Yeah. He, he emailed his PA and his PA just forwarded the message over to him. It's a Gary, listen. It says ETF, comma, cunt. <laughs> Like, what does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, figure it out, fucking Gary. 
<laughs> Talking about Larry, he's next, isn't he? Larry Fink. He is. Are you, are you going to click this one? Uh, yes. Yes. I believe, you know, I believe it goes up as if the world is more frightened, if people have fearful of geopolitical risk, they're fearful of their own risk. Um, it's no different than what gold represented over thousands of years. It is a it is a it is a asset class that that protects you. Right. And, and unlike gold, where we manufacture new gold, we're almost at the ceiling of the most of the amount of so, Bitcoin that be created. Somebody like I mean, when you hear somebody like Kathy Wood, yes. who was on our broadcast yesterday, say right. that her base case base case is that this turns into a six hundred thousand dollar a Bitcoin valuation base case. And a, a you know million plus um, in a in a super optimistic case, are you anywhere in her realm? I haven't thought about it. I, I, to me, that what we are trying to do is offer uh, an instrument uh, that can uh, that can store wealth. I think if it gets that even close to that high, gold will represent even a bigger value. And and and, and let's be clear: if you think it's digital gold, there's going to be a reference point between gold and Bitcoin. Mr. Think, this is it's a little bit of a different one, isn't it? Considering that he is Gary Genzer's boss's boss, um, the Thinkster has started talking about how it's no different to gold, an asset class that protects you. Um, he talked about, actually, he, he was asked about Cappy Wood's estimation of $600,000, um, but apparently Larry hasn't thought about it. However, he did say, if you think digital gold, and there is going to be a reference point between gold and Bitcoin. Really interesting point, isn't it? So what? what's, well, actually gold, it's really hard to estimate, isn't it? Because they never actually say how much gold there is, and there's so much paper gold. So yeah. the actual, the price is quite spoofed, but I think based upon what it is in the market, what is it, 400? I mean, Bitcoin be worth 400 grand or something like that? If it followed... Um, the price of gold. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, I think it was a 12x, was it? Oh, right. If yeah, yeah, yeah. A... Oh, what? Like, as in if, if Bitcoin was to go over the market cap of gold? Yeah. Yeah, but if you took away all the fake paper gold, then right. I, w I wonder what the actual price would be. But however, there's yeah. so much manipulation with... <laughs> The fact that they bring up more gold than they claim, yeah. but it's literally layers, and you just wouldn't know which way it would swing, probably. But on the no. current price, yeah, we're saying about four hundred grand, and would be the price of Bitcoin if it if it did tag to the same price as gold. And Larry yeah. thinks there could be some thinking in that. Yeah, it's just bizarre, right? Because if if we go back just a year, every single person at the top of it, like one of these fiat finance companies especially literally blackrock right we did a whole did come show out. on these fuckers yeah but he didn't he hasn't come out and said about bitcoin has he in the last no to be fair i think he has been in the background but every other person like the head of every bank the head of every regulator the head of the european bank the the fed everyone like every like warren buffett just what about you saying, everyone in this little club you're saying the head of a european bank isn't right Christine Lagarde, she would be very honest. There's no way she'd tell you that Bitcoin, well, if Bitcoin wasn't good, you know, I just don't see where you're going with that. 
You know, she's a convicted fraudster, but you know. <laughs> she's she's a proven criminal. It's even on her Wikipedia. I think that was what got her the promotion. <laughs> <laughs> Strange these things. But but yeah, but now we've got the the CEO of BlackRock. Now it's essentially you know, doing the opposite of what Gary's done, right? And Gary's clearly being told, no, 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 you you skip you stick to the script, which is shit on Bitcoin at every opportunity. Um, and then the BlackRock CEO, you clearly, to be fair, like had a bit of skin in the game because obviously he benefits now, doesn't he? He wants if you're going to buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin from me, buy the yeah. BlackRock ETF. Well, this yeah, is, so you know, this is this is the honey trap, isn't it? It's everyone's being exactly. negative about Bitcoin, but if you've ignored all these people that are negative, trust this one guy in the middle who's going, okay, you don't trust any of these guys, which is very worrying because you should. But if you don't buy Bitcoin from me, I'm one of the good guys. You know, who, who do you work for again? BlackRock. Oh shit! No, no, no! That is the most evil company in the world, right? It's like literally is more powerful than every government put together. And you go, oh, this is where the trap's coming in, right? It's this is the honey trap. It's like, oh, if you think you're a bit of a contrarian investor, going, oh, I think Bitcoin's got a got a future. But I'm disagreeing with all these old boys, all the Warren Buffetts and Jerome Powell and all that. I'll follow BlackRock. BlackRock are forging the way for this new future. Oh no, you you fell in the trap. Don't buy Bitcoin from BlackRock. Out of everyone in the world, don't buy it from BlackRock. Literally every company in the world I trust more than these guys. <laughs> yeah. This this is a fear, isn't it? But it's um the paper paper Bitcoin following the paper gold. And Almost in a way, the, the confiscation of um, Bitcoin is the worry that they may get the Bitcoin, may get the power. They go, oh yeah, oh yeah, it is now a proper asset. We're going to run with Bitcoin. And they're like, well, where's all the Bitcoin? Oh, we've got most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That the whole confiscation, which is why it's um, it's worrying in my mind that he's even that clued up to going, oh, it's like the new gold, it's gold 2.0. You just go, well, what happened? Like gold was a great asset and and as we know it became the money of the world and the governments wanted control so they made it illegal to hold more than an ounce of gold and the rest of the gold you owned had to be traded in with the bank and you would get ious in the form of fiat money that's when don't worry this is good this is good for your gold one-to-one matched and then eventually it wasn't they inflated beyond the gold it wasn't gold and Eventually, seventy one completely came off the gold standard, and we went moved on to the fiat standard. This makes it much simpler. If people buy the majority of their Bitcoin in ETF, making it then illegal to hold and own Bitcoin, they'll just go, "Oh, that excludes ETFs. Hold as much of your wealth in Bitcoin as you want, because don't worry, BlackRock are part of our trusted custodians, and you can hold one hundred percent of your wealth." in the BlackRock ETF if you want. That's absolutely fine. Because they know you don't have it. They know you can't leave the yeah. country with it. They know it's under control. They know you can't sell it. You know, it's well, just... It's like, they, um, they know you bought it as well. So ultimately, they can probably then go and tax it as well. Yeah. Um, I do think that this is the, the way that they slip into the masses to then be able to take it from the masses. Uh, and it's just a ruse. And they're like three steps ahead yeah because there's so many complicated conspiracies on this one right but then the 
the simplest one is just they want to take custody off the plebs and give it to yeah. the to the um the corporations, right? And which corporation do the powers that be trust the most? Of of course, as we know, it's it's Blackrock. We did a whole show on them. They own a, everything. So if they also then own Bitcoin, it may works perfectly, doesn't it? It works perfectly. But but the beauty is they haven't even got to buy it with their own money. And I, I know it's it's almost just sad at how good they've played this, right? Like all these ETFs got just got rejected all the way through the last 10 years. And then finally BlackRock come in, they all get approved. And then as we saw on the volumes um for for which ETFs people were buying, right? Of the two billion, BlackRock um saw a billion of it. So, you know, and Fidelity saw 700 million and you go, oh, Jesus. So basically over half already of the volume is going straight into BlackRock and the others are just fighting over the scraps. Yeah. They just, they they wanted to wait until that, they would know, they knew the ETF had to be approved eventually. They just wanted to have one of their main players playing. The only thing that surprised me actually is that Vanguard, are doing the exact opposite to what BlackRock are doing. Because we know BlackRock and Vanguard are pretty much the same company, right? They, they, they nearly, if you ever see BlackRock listed as 10% ownership of a company, scroll one down and Vanguard will be there also owning 10% of that company. These two companies own 10% of every company. Uh, but the Vanguard CEO is still being very vocal and very anti-Bitcoin, saying he is never going to ha- open up a Vanguard ETF on Bitcoin because they respect their investors, they respect their customers, and they would never offer them a product that doesn't give them good returns. Clearly, passively, aggressively shitting on Bitcoin, saying you're not going to give good returns, it's a scam asset. Blah, blah, blah. So it's I'll very interesting that they've kind of gone, BlackRock, you got to go forward, you take the heat, you're putting the product out. Vanguard, you sit back, continue to shit on it, you fall in line with everyone else. Because really, if they wanted to completely wrap up this entire space, right, but BlackRock and Vanguard out there, they would they would absorb probably 80% of the volume. You really would have a captured audience there. But by having Vanguard sitting out, it's an interesting play. But, um, but however, like getting into ETFs, like ETFs and manage, well, not managed funds, what they called the funds um, with low prices, it actually is a Vanguard play, though, isn't it? So whilst you've got BlackRock, the big player, Vanguard is the one which is renowned for the ETFs. Yeah. So maybe that that is the one which would maybe attract the most publicity if it was to go in. Yeah. Yeah, maybe there is still a little bit of friction to buy BlackRock. Do we know, yeah, Vanguard, do we know Vanguard why is they known held, as the, the ETF king, yeah. Do we know why they held back? I don't know, because no. it's not even like it's... Yeah, the, well, their CEO's come out and said Bitcoin is not a safe asset. It's it's a scam, basically. Yeah, but he's just a CEO. He isn't, like, the owner. It's not Jack Boggle, you know, anymore. <laughs> he's just so a CEO. Do... Yeah, but they'll replace him in time when they want to do it. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying, like, he's got any power. I'm sure he's a puppet as well, just as Larry Fink is, most probably. But that the, the company have come out with a reason as to why they, they haven't offered a product. And they've basically said... The same as what Gary has said, really. They're 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 following the mainstream media's view of Bitcoin, which is it's a scam, it's highly volatile, it's largely used money laundering. Why would we expose our customer base with an asset like that? I I just reckon in a couple of years' time, I go, oh no, we're going for a younger direction. We've changed our CEO. 
here's your Bitcoin ETF, here's one with doggy coin and whatever else in it. I mm. predict it'll happen when they want to actually go in and wipe the market. I don't know if they'll ever go down the uh, the shitcoin route. Oh, I think they all will, but that's just another way of taxing. So it's just like, get more money, get more money out of crypto. They won't really care. They'll buy it for, you know, because it's so volatile with things like Dogecoin. But a bit of bad news or whatever, they can get it for super low prices, then build it up, sell it to people. I just, yeah. yeah. But the problem is, the, the, po the problem with shitcoins, right, and putting it into an ETF, there's no money in, money in that for the funds. It, those yeah. shit coins are for the DGENs, right? They they buy them, they sell them. <laughs> the lottery tickets, aren't they? Yeah, and like it's just flavor of the month, isn't it? And um, yeah, and it's one of them. Why why Binance did so well is because they listed every shit coin that was out there. Literally, you could yeah. just list it: Coinbase, Gemini, Kraken. They actually had some due diligence and wanted to actually go. Is this a scam coin before putting it live? With Binance just went, we don't care. It just shoved everything out there. So they made a shit ton of money by trading on these shit coins that, you know, uh, come up as an idea on Twitter today and someone then just coated it in the night and throws it out tomorrow. And suddenly 100 million worth of volume just flies in because it just goes viral for whatever reason. And then two weeks later, it's dead, right? That whole dynamic of shit coins, it's very quick. It happens because it went viral. Once you put that into a, oh, we have this shit coin that it has to be established for at least a year or two, right? And then you have to apply for an ETF as they get approved. <laughs> Every buyer has to be KYC'd and AML'd. Like the amount of friction in this, and then you're supposed to buy it and then put a shit coin into your pension. Like really? It, it, it doesn't like the whole market dynamics don't work. Like okay. you, you need to be pretty stupid to be buying one of these, right? And so you need to get people in the viral network effect yeah, but... of Twitter. People are like, oh, this coin's going to the moon. Bro, I've yeah. made like 5X over the last three days. And someone's like, what coin is it? What coin is it? Oh, it's ABC. And you're like, okay, where can I buy it? Binance. You're like, great, let's drop my 5K into that coin. You get wrecked, and you're like, oh fuck. And it's like if that was an ETF, it's it was just so much slower. Yeah, but it's 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 just taking people's money. It's basically putting together a gambling front, so it's positioning as a gam gambling company. So an example will be oh, Bitcoin's now two hundred thousand pounds per Bitcoin. Maybe I've missed it. Oh, but but number two on the chart is Ethereum. It's only three grand. That's got room to go up one hundred ninety-seven thousand pounds. Bam. There's That's exactly next ETF. How I think. And yeah, it's exactly the same in ETFs, not just DGENs. Mm. Yeah, so Ethereum and stuff is probably is the exception. Once you yeah. go down the longer tail, though, with shit coins, it's like, it just, I don't think it works. But actually, it's, it's interesting you just mentioned that then. <laughs> Unit bias is one of the things that has stopped Bitcoin from like really like big adoption still because people really want a whole coin, right? Whenever they want to buy, mm. like, oh, I want a whole Bitcoin at least. How much is one? And they go, oh, it is. How much is it right now? 34 grand. Like, I've got 34 grand lying around. The ETFs, the way they've priced it, and they've dropped all the zeros off. So to buy one ETF of Bitcoin, it's 34. Or it's probably more in dollars. So it's like whatever the equivalent is. Once that ticks over, it'd be like, I don't know, 44, something like that. So they've just yeah. gone, oh, it's 44. 
So I thought that was good because now suddenly when you're buying your ETF, you're like, oh, how many ETFs can I buy, you know, of this Bitcoin thing? And you go, oh, I've got a thousand pounds put in, say, oh, it's 44 per one. Oh, great. You know, I can buy what, what's that like, you know, 2000 or something of those. That feels good. Whereas yeah. if I was going in and it's like, oh, the, the price is 34,000 or 44,000 and I've only got a thousand to put in. Oh, I can buy like 0.01 of an ETF of that. Like that feels bad, but you feel nice going, oh, I've got 2000 ETF shares of that. It, it throws a unit bias the other way. I think that's probably why people have looked into ETH as well, ultimately, because it is easier and equally it's like, well, it's got the, the difference between, I don't know, what is it, uh, just under 2K to 34K, even if it got to, you know, uh, half of that, which is 17, then they're like, oh, great, you know, 7X my money. So I think that's why people have looked into that more so. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I've, I've, I've seen some tweets on Twitter recently where, where someone was like, they've been shilling Bitcoin for, for ages and and then they got asked, like, oh, you buy more Bitcoin? And they're like, oh, not at the moment, don't have the funds. It's like, what do you mean? Yeah, I've got the funds. You, you're doing well. Like, yeah, but I haven't got a 34K line around. Mm. And you just go, you, you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin each time, you know? Like, what? And this person who'd been shilling Bitcoin for a number of years thought you had to buy a whole Bitcoin each time. You go, dude, you could just buy fractions of a Bitcoin. Like, this is still bizarrely one of the barriers uh, of entry. Uh, I, I was going to say, yeah, I, I think people, of Bitcoins, I think. Yeah, I think people still find that hard to get their heads around, like a fraction. Like, yeah, how does that work? And why would I only buy a fraction? I want the whole thing. If I'm going to go in, I've missed the boat. Yeah, I just don't think that people get that part. And it's very difficult. Yeah. I think even the people that get it, and I think we're all the same, right? We yeah. all to get at least you one. a whole number. Yeah. You wanted one, didn't you? Like, it's just to go up. And then once you get one, you're like, oh, if I've got 1.1 or 1.2, you go, okay, I'm okay stacking from here. <laughs> but... I mean, it, it is hard to stack when you go, oh, how much Bitcoin have you got? Oh, like 0.01. But I'm going to stack 0.02 tomorrow. And eventually I get to one, right? And you go, that is the way to do it right now, okay? It's just, and eventually, like, when the price 10x is from here, it's going to be even tougher. Like the, 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 the idea of being a whole coiner is just going to be completely gone, right? It's going to be the equivalent yeah. of the price of your house set sat in savings, which most people, that's a complete fantasy right this is the 0.1 percent of people have the price of their house just sat in savings and that will be that will be every whole coiner that is a bitcoiner um that that will be them they'll they will have the price of a house just stacked um sat in their savings but yeah it's, it's tough it's still because i think we're still in that place where it's kind of possible if you really really stretch like it's not completely out of reach we needed the 10x again. And then you're like, right, now it's just a case of how much fear have you got? Get it out. Get it out of fear, get it into Bitcoin, and then just watch the appreciation. Just it's weird, isn't it? Like if you're buying shares in Apple or Tesla or whatever, no one really cares how many shares they've got. 
you just go, I want to get my 10 grand into Tesla because I think Tesla's going to double this year. So you're going to double yeah. my 10 grand to 20. No one goes, how many shares did you get? Because no one cares, right? Whereas yeah. in Bitcoin, you go, well, put your 10 grand into Bitcoin and that will double this year. Now you've got 20 grand, right? That's good. Oh, but for some reason, how much Bitcoin do I get for the 10 grand? You go, well, actually, you only get like 0.25 Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh, that's not enough. I, I want at least one. Like, why? Is it, Your 10 is going to 20. Name. Do you, do, like, in terms of the Bitcoin, like, because I've only got a bit off the coin, <laughs> therefore, I want the, you know, like, even down to the interest, like, you know, when we think about it, I, I think it, it's even things like that that make people think, I'm never going to be able to do it. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to get with it. Unfortunately, I, I literally succumb to the same thing there. That's the problem. Yeah. I start when it, whenever I'm slacking. I'm, there's a, there's a, there's always a whole number that I'm trying to get to. Yeah. And I get there, then I kind of ease off again for a bit. I'll really go fucking hell for leather going, I really want to round that up. And then so really- I'll ease off. And it's like, there's no reason to get to the... It's just for my own freaking OCD, really, to go, yeah. oh, it's, uh, that's nice. It's like... It doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. It's it's completely irrelevant. But yeah. so what you're saying is you're getting quite close to the million mark. Million BTC, baby. <laughs> I wish. Anyway, the the next story is a shocking one, man. Have uh, you guys read this one? This the one on Stripe. It's not Stripe. What do you mean? It's Strike, isn't it? Strike. It, it's strike, yeah, strike, not strike. Oh, stripe! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, who's stripe then? Stripes are stripe payments. Payments, yeah. Oh, those guys. Yeah. Oh, so it isn't Jack Malice's company? Yeah, no, so no. it's so it's literally like oh a my PayPal god. kind of company. Oh, so I saw you commenting it, um, and I replied to you. Oh, did um, you? Yeah. And I thought, we'll leave it in just to chat about it. But whilst it's not as severe as a strike, because obviously it's a Bitcoin-orientated company, it's still a payments company who are saying, you can't have a business through us where people buy Bitcoin miners. And I'm kind of going, how is this? And they say it's against our T's and C's. So you're kind of going, how? Really? Is it against your T's and C's? Yeah. You foresaw to put crypto or Bitcoin in your T's and C's prior it's mi- to this. But it's miners. So it's also, you're not allowed to buy a computer or sell computers for us as a merchant. It's just a really, really odd clause. And obviously, I'm not going to go through um, Stripe's T's and C's to find out what the hell they're saying. But it just makes no sense. It obviously it won't list Bitcoin mining in there, I can guarantee. It will just be some they'll because the thing is like if they were really being honest, they'll go, Oh, it's this this um clause in our T's and C's, you know, like 13.2, you're infringing that. Yeah. And you go, Okay, great, I can go and have a look at 13.2. Uh, but instead they just go, Oh, it's just somewhere in there, you're infringing it. And you go, Well, where? Just, where? I just love to know what it is, so I know. And I, I can get. I it will probably be something. I'd be about the fact that that there's a very. Th- this is the thing that I came across on um, the App Store and on the Google App Store. 
which is that when you accept money um, and then give money out, you have to be very sure of where the money came from on both sides. They, they want KYC and AML on both sides of the transaction. Uh, and when I was giving out money um, in Bitcoin lessons, they knew That's I wasn't right. KYCing on that end. Uh, I was mm. KYCed because obviously I was the, the developer of the app, but I was not KYCing who I was giving it to. So they hated that and they they banned it, right? So they, they refused that I could give out and uh, sat. So, so instead I had to change it just to points and then just leave a little link to a website to go, don't worry, your points are redeemable to sats. Just send us a DM on Twitter and we'll send you your sats. So we got around it that way by not being able to do it in the app. It wasn't as succinct. It wasn't as slick. We had to add friction, but it was friction to get around the system. In this in this instance, I'd imagine the same thing because they are essentially Stripe need to know where the money is coming from that they then process through. And they can't verify where the money's coming from because it's coming from a mining company and they mine from the Bitcoin network. So where did that money come from? Right? It, it's essentially just, it's completely KYC AML free money because that's why it's beautiful. It's virgin Bitcoin. It comes from the network. And then they start sending it out. And somewhere in there, in the Stripe T's and C's will be, we need to know where yeah, all your money it, comes from. And they yeah, don't. But it's hardware. So it's people who are just using fiat for a computer. Yeah. It's not Bitcoin. And that's why I'm just like, this is just a bit fucking odd. Oh, of course. This, pers this person's set up as a merchant <coughs> through Stripe. Like you said, there's going to be some claws, but I'd just love to know what it is. And I saw... Something which I probably should have watched on um, Twitter, which was Andreas on Joe Rogan. He talks about um, how, um, what is it? There's always a layer in payments now. So it's very centralized. And it's kind of like to that point, people, because we've got this layer, people are able to do it, which is one of the advantages of Bitcoin. So if you, okay, let's play the kind of like, you know, um, Ricard, oh, what about Ethereum? Why can't we use that? Because there's a CEO or rather founder of Ethereum and there's control around the network. Whereas we want a situation where we're able to trade online and no one can reject your payment. So I want to buy a Bitcoin miner. It's through Bitcoin. I just go, here's my Bitcoin address. Here's a contract, sign it, bump, transfer it. I can get my Bitcoin miner. Whereas this is, you're allowing a company to go, no. And it's like nothing illicit. It's just like I want a way of, um, I suppose, creating a business as such by mining Bitcoin. I just feel that it's just, you know, I need to find that video so I can share it because I think it's one worth actually putting on the pod. But I think it does speak volumes in that he's been blocked. And it's the same with, you know, like who is it, HSBC, Barclays, yeah. whoever else, just blocking people's cards because they've been buying Bitcoin. And they say, oh, we don't know why it's being blocked. Yeah, well, I've got banned from Coinbase, right? For <laughs> when I bought a yeah. house. Yeah. Because I think he even says, I think, the same thing in his um, replies. It's like he'd, um, there's quite a large transactions have gone through his account at a certain point. And they've just gone, what's going on here? And he's gone, oh, I'm, I'm running a Bitcoin mining company. It's fine. And um, they've gone, yeah, no, no. That's no, no. 
And um, and this is what I this is why I say like the regulators and like people like Gary Gensler at the SEC, they are the attack dogs of the powers that be because unfortunately the the rules and the regulations are so powerful, right? And um, if they infringe them, they'll get huge fines, potential prison time. So what it does is it forces all these companies got because I don't necessarily think Stripe is a bad company. They're just protecting their own interests. And the at the moment, the regulators are saying pretty much anything Bitcoin related, they're putting into high risk, high risk of fraud, very high liability. And it looks like they're almost, because they never say these things black and white, they're alluding to the fact that Bitcoin mining or anything probably Bitcoin related shouldn't really be supported. They're probably alluding to that. So Stripe are just their risk profile and their compliance team have gone, we don't want certain Bitcoin companies to be part of the Stripe network. Right? Because obviously Stripe is such a huge company now. There's so many companies using them. They've just gone, for the amount of Bitcoin companies there are, the amount of money we're going to make, potentially against the fine we will get if anything goes wrong, it just makes sense to say no to all of them and dodge the fine. So that is the business decision that Stripe are making. Just deny all Bitcoin companies and avoid the billions and billions worth of fines and potential prison time that could come. And this is this is how the, it's, it's the best form of attack, which is just this. You, you make up laws that never got passed as laws. You slip them in through the side as regulation. And regulation then becomes law because it could be prosecuted to the point of fines and prison time, but it's not a law. It's just regulation. It's only guidance. But here we are seeing it in the wild yet again. We saw the stupid questionnaires and people being limited on how much Bitcoin they can buy based on the guidance of regulation last week on some individual pleb being banned from Coinbase and how much they can buy. And this week we see a small little like bit saga. You know, shout out to them. I've never heard of them before um, until this. But here they are trying to just set up a business, run through Stripe. They've got a great product. It makes it super easy to accept and receive payments. And they're being banned from Stripe because they're a Bitcoin company. This is the power regulation. It builds a moat. It's a safety layer around the existing companies that have already passed all this regulation. So essentially what we're talking about here is the banking system, right? The banking system is approved. It's in. It's all kind of grandfathered in. They can pay for um, any amount of compliance, any amount of regulation, because they're so rich, right? All the little Bitcoin companies are coming up. They're trying to compete against these big banks, and they're being stopped at the first hurdle to just go, can I just have a payment processor, please, just so I can sell miners? And Stripe are going, no, you, we won't even be the payment processor. They're, they're, they're not even a proper business partner. They're not doing anything. They're just literally accepting putting the channel to let Fiat transfer from the customer to Bitsaga. And they're like, nope, we don't even want to be involved in that. And you go. Is it also the classic case where they can't collect tax on the other person as well from selling the... Yeah, because, because part of using Stripe and stuff, like, you know, it's all audited. Yeah, so Bit, yeah Bit, true. Bitsaga aren't going to be... Yeah. They have to be set yeah. up, they have to pay taxes, all the details are passed on to, it looks like a Belgian company, so it's all lined up. 
it's, it, like you say, then it's just putting more red tape and barriers in the in the face of Bitcoin. It reminds me, of course, of obviously when they were trying to do the same with the OnlyFans as well, you know, making money through illicit activities. And, you know, ultimately, if they want to strip, then let them strip. But Stripe were told that they couldn't and therefore take payment that way as well. Yeah. It, it is bizarre it how the, like, the, make... the banks like porn and Bitcoin yeah. seem to be like, oh, we don't want to do anything to do with that. And you go, why? Like, you literally, the banks fund all the terrorism in the world. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Gam- gambling, drugs, alcohol abuse, you name it. Le- <laughs> legal drugs in America, so all the painkillers. When has a bank ever blocked a transaction from a bank to Paddy Power? Fucking never. That's when. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At two in the morning when they're wasted, like about to bet on some virtual horse racing and put their last thousand pounds on number four, you know. <laughs> Does that transaction get blocked? No. They're more than happy to let that one go through. But yeah. are you trying to buy a by a Bitcoin miner from Bitsaga, need to block that. You clearly haven't thought it through. I was like, I can guarantee <laughs> anyone that buys a Bitcoin miner has thought about that so much. Like, because I have yeah. thought about it for about six years and I still haven't pressed the button and I really want it. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. No one buys got, a Bitcoin you... miner on a whim. Like, they really need to know what they're doing. You've got a barn which could be full of miners. I know. I have I have some stables that need heating as well. It's fucking minus three out there at the moment. I've got a yeah, little fucking, I've got a little heater out there, fucking heating that thing. I'm like, why am I doing this? I could have like three or four Bitcoin miners fucking whirring away, heating this pump room. It stops my pipe from freezing. So we've just yeah. got him to uh, to convince himself to buy a miner or two. Yeah. Uh, I would I would love a couple of miners. It's the only thing that scares me is just knowing how to program them, how to configure them, to actually mine the Bitcoin, you know, <laughs> that is still... Yeah. It, it, it feel, it's probably just a mental block that if I just went through the... I process. was going to say, because ultimately they are set up to really do one thing, aren't they? But then, like you say, yeah, the, the setup of, okay, how do I then get from said miner to my account? Yeah, and plug it into the right pool. Yeah. Yeah, because you do have to set them up. Like you can set them up at different speeds and configurability. You have to check the temperature of them. Like it's, it's, um... I still have it with the the Jade Ledger, the mental block on the Jade Ledger. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah. Ten percent. You said it's uh, two hours. I'm like, no, that's too long. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, takes, so you, just, takes you two months guess... to build yourself up to two hours. Yeah, so yeah, you have to yeah. sit there. You have to set it up. You have to test it. You then have to punch all the letters in and then you have to double check the letters as well test that and then you kind of like go then you have to double check it again because you're not sure <laughs> yeah i'm tired already yeah just thinking yeah. about it and um, the problem is with a miner as well it's i think it, it's the difference in price as well like you know with a new hardware wallet a couple of hundred pounds right max that's for a couple of them straight away of a miner you're talking thousands now so if you're going to start up a little mining enterprise, you know, you're talking five, 10, 15 grand and you just go in, 
what if I can't get this set up? What if it yeah. literally just, even though That's I have 15 help. grand worth of Bitcoin miners that could mine my Bitcoin and easy payback you know, over the next couple of years. But what if I can't configure it? What if I never mine a single sat? You know, I've just yep. set fire to 15 grand. That's that's my mental block. It's do I know what I'm doing? And uh, I don't know. I probably should just bite the bullet and do it. But Jesus, money's been flying out fucking with new house, wedding, kids. Just like at the moment, like Jesus Christ, I've just been in front of 15 grand of Bitcoin miners as well. Man. <laughs> I don't want to go back to Fiatland and fucking get a real yeah, car. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I need to be a bit smart. uh, I'm probably being stupid by not doing it. I probably, if I just bit the bullet years ago and spent that 15 grand on miners and just fucking had them running, they would probably be paid for themselves multiple times over by now. And uh. Anyway. Right. Last story of the week. Yep. Do we need a bit of background about this guy because he's someone who I came across in the Bitcoin space, but I don't think I've been around long enough, but he seems a bit of a moron and I never really truly understood him because I was like, why is this idiot got so many followers and people invite him on panels for Bitcoin. I'm like, why are they inviting this moron on? Um, There is a video as well. So is it, how long is it? Is it a clickable one? Uh, It's two minutes. Go on or add it. You know what? Bitcoin started going down. It was around like 32,000. I'm like, I believe in Bitcoin. I'm starting to read up, know more about Bitcoin. I'm on the Bitcoin panel. I'm diamond hands. I'm going to buy a million two of Bitcoin. I'm never going to sell it. I'm going to hold on to it forever. I do it on Gemini because I still have the Gemini set up from the, the Winklevosses because that's their platform. That's their exchange from when they came to my house in the Hamptons. Enter SPF, that fucking Looney Tune fuck. And what, FTX goes bankrupt, guys are fraud. And he crashes all, you know, people losing their Bitcoin and everyone's emailing me being like, Gemini's next, the Winklevosses are next. Well, I start getting scared. So I go into my account, I just test it. Can I still like cash out a little if I had to? I can't, no problems. Kudos to the Winklevosses, their platform exchange held up. So I leave the leave it in there because I'm diamond hands, and now there's all this buzz about Bitcoin again. I'm wearing the shirt. You got the uh, the ETFs launching today. I'm like, let me go into my account and see where I'm at because I know it's at like 42. I bought it at 32,000, a million bucks. It went down to 20. That's where I got nervous because of, of exchanges crashing. I didn't want to get my money caught. I'm a fucking idiot. What I did is I transferred all my Bitcoin into cash. I didn't take it out. I was just leaving it in there. I thought it was in Bitcoin. No, I turned it all into cash. So, and this is at 20. So I have like 400 grand in account. I put like 1.1, 1.2 million into. And I haven't gotten any of the wave back up to 43, brother. Everything I do with Bitcoin, I get fucked in my baby blue eyeballs. What am I supposed to do now? Buy it at 44? I bought it at 32. I fucking cashed out at 20 by accident. And I didn't mean to cash out. I wouldn't have left the money just sitting there like a fucking dick face. 
I cannot win with Bitcoin. Somebody owes me Bitcoin. Yeah, so what, what's the background of Dave Portney? So he, he owns a bar or something like that. He's quite rich individual. <laughs> he doesn't own a bar. So um, he, own? he owns Barstool Sports. Oh. So, <laughs> so um <laughs> so yeah so it started off literally as a sports newspaper probably 15 years ago now literally pre-internet where he used to be the sole writer used to just write about sports and then you know those little um you've been everyone's been to new york now right <laughs> so you know the newspaper stands uh where you put yeah. like your 50 cents in or something and it opens you get a newspaper so. out he used to put his Barstool Sports in there, and then um, it kind of started taking off. He got his he's got his readership, and then the internet came out. So he went, "Oh, I wonder if I can convert Barstool Sports, the newspaper, into an online product." Uh, and so he created a website, started blogging, and um, it all just took off. And now, obviously, he's completely evolved the business to be YouTube videos, TikToks. All around the same thing, right? American sports. That's what he does. And he's the CEO of it. Uh he he actually recently sold the company or well, a couple of years ago for something like half a billion. If I'm um, right in thinking, they also partnered with um a gambling company as yep, well. They did. Because there was this uh really hot woman called Ava Fayor. And she used to be the commentator for it. So she was massively into sports herself. And uh, and she was just like, yeah, if you're going to bet and gamble, use Barstool Sports. So, yeah, I do remember it. Okay. Yeah. Well, he basically got acquired. Um, and then Dave started talking out against the main narrative of the world. So they basically got banned their gambling license. A big reason they got acquired was to take Barstool Sports. They didn't do gambling before. They used to talk about gambling, but they weren't a gambling company. So they got acquired to make them turn into a gambling company. They started trying to roll out over various states in America. But because Dave um, had st- spoken out against the the government narrative, they were getting all their gambling license li- licenses uh, rejected. So the company that acquired them basically went, Dave, we want to be a gambling company. We thought Barstool Sports were going to be the brand, but you are a problem. So we'll sell you Barstool Sports back for a dollar. We paid you half a billion before. You buy it back for a dollar, fuck off, and we'll carry on. So Dave recently bought back Barstool Sports for a dollar, and um, he now is the the main, main owner of it. <laughs> so he's running off. But his Bitcoin journey is nuts, right? And he obviously just explained it in the two-minute video largely, but I guess quickly run through it. It's um he's been following Bitcoin for, for fucking ages, and he's been saying, No, 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 I don't understand Bitcoin, I don't get it, I don't get it, I'm not buying Bitcoin, right? And then he managed to get the Winklevoss twins to go and talk to him about Bitcoin. And for whatever reason, they started talking about gold asteroids and that elon's going to land these asteroids and mine them so therefore gold isn't valuable anymore gold's infinite so bitcoin is infinitely more valuable than gold and dave's obviously sat there going what are you talking about right because they've completely missed all the steps of let's just talk about the history of money right that they've skipped straight to why is bitcoin better than gold and i think dave's just going i don't think gold's valuable really 
How much money has Dave got in gold other than probably some jewelry for his missus? Like none, right? He's got all his money in his business and various stocks and his properties. He doesn't value gold. So telling him that Bitcoin's better than gold means nothing, right? So he um he bought some Bitcoin um back, I think when it was eleven or fourteen thousand. I think it was eleven thousand. And um bought it when the Vinkelvoss twins told him to. Then the price just fluctuated a little bit and he just dumps it all. <clears throat> but then years and years go by, he ends up getting invited. I think it was Bitcoin 2022 or 2023. It was one of those. And he listens to a number of talks and he realizes, oh shit. You know, he actually listens to some proper speakers in Bitcoin, not the Vinkervoss twins who fucking showed themselves up. They both went around his house. I watched the vlog of him when the Vinkervoss twins came around and they were just, they were trying to be cool and stuff, you know, that just, don't try and be cool around just because you're around Dave Portnoy. He's got his cameras out and stuff like that. Just be normal people that educate him on Bitcoin from the foundation level, right? He clearly doesn't know anything about money, anything about Bitcoin. Start from zero and work up. If he wants to buy, let him buy. Don't just start talking about gold asteroids. Anyway, so he goes to a Bitcoin conference, listens to proper Bitcoiners and goes, holy shit, I'm going to buy a million dollars of worth of Bitcoin. So he basically buys 30 Bitcoin. Pretty much then and there, buys it on Gemini. But then the FTX scandal comes out, SPF fucking going to prison, all that kind of stuff. He shits himself. He's getting texts from all his mates going, oh my God, Bitcoin's going to zero. FTX has gone down. Gemini's going down next. So he says, which I'm not sure, I believe, is he said he reckons he just wants to sell a little bit of Bitcoin just to test the can I sell some? Is this exchange even working? So he sell he reckons he sells a little bit of his Bitcoin just to test it at 20k and goes, Oh, it works. So I'll leave it. And then Bitcoin bounces back and then he logs back into his account once it's bounced back and it's at 45k. The ETF's approved. And he has a look. And he's gone, oh, shit. I cashed everything out at 20K, which the plebs have evaluated and go, you didn't cash out at 20K, Dave. You cashed out at 16K because we have the numbers. <coughs> so instead of him having a million dollars, and he should have nearly $2 million now, right? Because he's he roughly brought in at about 20K. Um, well, actually, no, about 30K or something. And then the price had gone to 45. So he should have a million and a half to 1.8 type million in his account. Instead, he has 400K. He sold everything. It's 16K. That's the story of Dave Portnoy in Bitcoin. Um, even more disturbing. I, I was looking for his wiki page. And it says in his personal life, a sex tape of Portnoy was leaked in December 2019. <laughs> Yeah, this is why they tried to cancel him. So, what basically Dave was talking out, just just, right. So, imagine, um, who was it? Russell Brand. Um, You've got, you know, I don't know, Alex Jones, all these guys. You've got, um, who's that? Ed Snowden. Um, who's who's the the guy that's in the British Embassy right now? Um, Oh, Julian Assange. Julian Assange. A lot of them. Um, so Dave Portnoy is one of them, right? So 
he's been very open. He's very fucking. He's been single for most of his twenties and thirties. Shagged about. It's all very public, right? So once he started talking out against the establishment, Business Insider, who guess what? Business Insider seemed to be the main attack dog when they want to reveal these types of things, other than the BBC. So it, it reminds me very much of a Russell Brand thing. So Russell Brand also started talking out against the establishment. What do they do? Well, this guy has been openly single and promiscuous for a number of years. So what Dave, I can remember, I've, obviously I listened to a lot of Dave Portnoy content. I actually like him as a business owner. He's a lot of no nonsense. I don't, he doesn't get Bitcoin at all, but I don't care about that. He's a very good business guy. Mm. So he um, was talking about this, that Business Insider was DMing all his exes, asking them, do you have anything to say? <laughs> and essentially he managed, they managed to find one ex that he slept with. And then the next day they fell out and she left under a bit of a cloud and she had some bad things to say. And he just went fine. She's got something bad to say, but what evidence like da da da. And he, he spoke out about it all. And it was just like, they are, and business insider did the classic thing of we've written a whole article against you cook, accusing you of rape, sexual assault. It's 5 p.m. on a Friday. This goes live at 7. What comment do you have? So he obviously goes live straight away at Barstool going, this is bollocks. I've got text messages. You know, here's the, the, the girl that supposedly has accused me of rape. Here's our text message conversation after we'd had sex. Here, the couple of days later, she's going, when do you want to meet up? Da, da, da. Clearly showing that it wasn't reciprocated from his side, but she was yeah. trying to meet up again. Would you do that with someone that had raped you? Da, 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 da. So the, the, all these rape charges were never proven. There's not a single um, police report. Nothing formal had been done. But that, that's got done on him. And so essentially, he managed to buy his own company back for a dollar because they tried to cancel him. It didn't work. But the gambling commissions would not give him any licenses. And they all back it back on, oh, he's a misogynist and he's a rapist. You go, well, is he? Because he's not convicted of any of these things. This is just the powers that be trying to slander someone that is not playing the game. Really, really interesting point because um, we've got Russell Brand who you mentioned. Has hmm. he been charged for anything? No, no the we're damage now, is done. We're now about six months later as well, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. of course. But his, his YouTube that... channel is still demonetized. Yeah. So they've taken yeah. away probably tens, if not hundreds of thousands worth of ad revenue from Russell Brand because of a BBC documentary where some girls claim some things. Nothing has been officially filed. Nothing has been prosecuted. And even if any charges have been brought, it still doesn't matter. Has he been convicted? No. Yeah. Yeah. Even, yeah, even charges, even a police report would be a big step forward, but it's still that means nothing, right? If If anyone gets... A police report or or um, charged with rape, that still is like okay, they've been charged. That means there's significant evidence to suggest that is real. But have they been convicted? Only once they are convicted should, should punishment come. Both Dave Portnoy and Russell Brand, they haven't even gone past step one 
of a, an actual police report being filed. They're just in the state of rumor and gossip. And it's like, oh, guess what? Both of these guys were outspoken, talking bollocks about the financial system, the corruption of it, and their governments and how they were leading the COVID response. That is what. And then suddenly, Business Insider suddenly starts texting and DMing all Dave Portnoy's exes to find a bit of dirt. A couple go, yeah, he's a bit rough during sex once. Could that be sexual assault? Yeah, probably could be. Great, that's a rape charge. We're going with it. Yeah. Right, an entire article based on that. So, um, yeah, that's... that, and, and obviously, it doesn't surprise me that when you Google him, first thing that comes up is sexual assault charges. Yeah, because that's what they want you to think about him. Yeah. Well, no, it was a, it was a sex video, but yeah, lovely. Oh, yeah, the sex video is funny. I was going to say, it's not a video which I'd like to watch. <laughs> it, is, it is a funny it's, one. It's, it's not a great image to uh, to go to sleep on, I'm sure. I was going to say, it's not going to be like the one which I want to watch, like SBF. What's her name? You're still hanging out for that, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, the, the, the Holy Grail. I was you sent through, right? I reckon before we end, that you sent through the link from Bitsaga. They have a bit of heat of light, 349 euros. Looks freaking ace. Yeah, I was looking at kind of going, surely this doesn't get much Bitcoin, but it, I, yeah, I don't really understand it all. I, I, it seems, a, yeah, custom built. It seems far too it. cheap. I'm guessing that it's not very high powered. And obviously, if you're in on a pool, you probably won't get that much contribution for it. So you're not really offering much. But I think it's just, you know, for you. If you had like five of those whacked into the stables, maybe that would be a way to handle it. Yeah, it'd be amazing. And like this is, <clears throat> yeah, because normally the thousands. You even got I like suppose... a proper bit heater tower, like pre order, yeah, basically maybe, 500 maybe... euros. This is almost for like your home. And so I'm guessing you'd have to look at the, the um, hash rate of the heaters versus, you know, a typical miner. So I don't know who an example of a typical miner and work out how effective they'd actually be. Yeah. But the thing is, like, they, um, like they're, they're so cheap at this. But yeah, because like, a normal miner, you know, it, it, needs to, it needs to basically pump out about a tenth of the hash rate that a normal miner would. And then you're, that's fine, because it's tenth of the price. Yeah, I could buy 10 of these for the price of one. You'd have, the, you'd have a really cozy stables. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is that it even says that these are the, cause the, the biggest problem, right? The reason why I have to put it in outbuildings is that the fans are so loud. Yeah, they're, they're saying this is larger fans, so they have silent operation. It says silent, that's a big claim. That means mm. you could technically do that indoors. That starts to mean, can I <coughs> heat, heat a room indoors with this? Like, that would be cool. I think we're going to get because in my mind, it's always there's, there's a buzzing, right? There's a fucking it sounds like there's a, a whole um bee nest. So, by the, so by the sounds of this, we're actually going to get a product review. So, we've had limited product reviews on Display, on Jade, on Ledger, and what on earth that Bitcoin clock is, but we might actually get a heater in. That'd be quite nice. a good review. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be a nice, nice upside that the fact that Bitsaga get blocked from Stripe and instead they just end up getting a load of Bitcoin miner sales. Yeah, I'm guessing set. he's got a different payments platform now. 
I suppose it's one to actually message them about to check. Yeah, um, they've got a website and they're accepting money somehow. So the challenge is as well, of course, is that there's not many payment platforms, is there? So once you're pretty much blocked from the the big boys like Stripe, it, it becomes difficult. You know, Stripe, PayPal, uh, Adyen. I think there's another one. There's not. That's many. why I'd I'd happily pay in Bitcoin. I'd be fine. Yeah. It, 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 if any, it's easier for me to pay in Bitcoin. It's, it's the problem about being all in. Like if I wanted to make a purchase like this, I have to sell Bitcoin to then get the fiat to buy this. Yeah. Whereas if he just went, <laughs> just send me the Bitcoin, I'm like, sweet. Yeah. Because I don't have to pay all the fees to sell the Bitcoin and then get into fiat, wait a bit of time. And the other half lived up to evil 10%. Illicit activity. <laughs> but that's the way around this, right? This is um yeah, lightning yeah. all day long. But, and it's the beautiful thing about Bitcoin, it's a good note to end on, really, because it's um if Stripe can ban this all they want, but if BitSaga ever just want to go Bitcoin only and just sell to Bitcoiners, there's nothing that the regulators, the laws can do to stop me sending BitSaga some some sats for their miners. They don't control yeah. that network. They can't ban me from the network. No one can ban me or Bitsaga from the Bitcoin network. They give me an address. I can send them some sats. And once they're received, they can send me some miners. No approval needed. It's the fundamentals of Bitcoin. It's just a, just a transaction between two people. Let it happen. Let it happen. If they don't send me the miners or whatever, then I'll tell others that they're a scam and they won't receive any more money, right? Let the market do its market thing. We don't need regulators sitting in the middle going, oh, no, we need to protect the consumer. Like, fuck off. We know you're not protecting the consumer. You're just playing into biases and playing, like, you know, favourites and, like, choosing when to apply your rules and when not to. And you've chosen to apply your rules on this Bitcoin company and it's bollocks. And the beautiful thing is, I, I probably I really want to like support Bitcoin Saga now. So I, I I'll DM him and go, can I just pay in Bitcoin? Like fuck the payment networks. I'll, get some, I'll send you some Sats, and then um, I want some miners. I want to figure it out. There we have it. <laughs> Perfect. Right. Well, Mr. Allin, aka the Trillion Dollar Man, Doctor Evil Ten Percent, aka the People's Champ, myself, Sir Neverlook, aka the Excellence of Execution. And no Mrs. No Show, surprise, surprise, 127 parts in, and still no show. Peace. <laughs>